You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast. Please enjoy today's show, hosted by a pastor on staff here at East Coast Christian Center. Hey, welcome to the program. This is Morning Breath. My name is Mark Cook. I'm one of the pastors here at East Coast. So glad you guys have joined us for this Drive Time Devotion. Sure to jump start your day. We love getting into the Word of God here at East Coast Christian Center. And so on Morning Breath, we read a chapter of the Bible. We read it the night before and the morning of. Then we come down here to East Coast Christian Center Studios on Merritt Island, and we read it on the air. And then we just talk about whatever God uh, is breathing on whatever he's speaking to us uh, about out of that chapter. And so it's a great way if you are uh, learning how to read your Bible, maybe if you're rusty at reading your Bible, you're just not sure where to start. Sometimes it can be a daunting task if it's if it's a new thing or if it's something that you've never really been, been taught much about. Man, it's the greatest resource for that. You sit down with us, you know, spend a half an hour with us, and we just talk about the Word of God, and it's just a great way to work through your Bible. And so I'm doing it together uh, with a co-host. We always do it with a co-host, and my co-host is my wife, Angela Cook. How are you, baby? I'm good. Yeah. Your favorite co-host. Your favorite. Say. Yeah, you are my favorite co-host. I'm Mom Ange. <laughs> What's going on? You, like, you, uh, you changed it up today. <laughs> Got to wow. keep it fresh. Make wow. sure you're paying attention. <laughs> be drowning it. Get me drowning, droning yes. on the things that you're used to hearing. And I'm here with my favorite co-host. You sure are. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got. We want you to get connected to us. Yes, you can do that by going to the East Coast app or at eccc.us. It always feels like you say more C's than you really do. Eccccc.us for info, events, past sermons, and morning breath episodes. So you can listen to all of them from every. I I my aunt up in Michigan has like gone back to the first one you can actually listen to on the app and has. She just sits listen and listens to them, to them forever. Yeah. She loves it. Um, she even made us little bags and everything. You know, <laughs> she's awesome. Anyway, so you can also find us at Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube, or call the church office at 321-452-1060, and we will email. Um, we can mail you. We can get you that information somehow, some way. You can, I think in the church lobby, they have the newsletters now that have all the information that you can get connected to morning breath, especially because it is very important to get into the word. It is. To be get to get deeply nourished yes so that you can know the ways of righteousness because Jesus says you are righteousness in me yes. so we are the righteousness of God through Christ Jesus we have to know what that looks like yeah amen what does that look like well I can tell you what that looks like <laughs> you open up your Bible and you will figure it out you it's all in there yes and amen. we will help you do that here on morning breath today is Wednesday April 14th and tonight is our night of worship so we're going to have a, a great gathering here at our Merritt Island campus at the Parkwood Worship Center. All of our campuses come together from across the county. We've got two in Merritt Island, uh, one in Vieira, one in Coco. Of course, our online campus as well. We come together in one building, uh, and, and we just do a, an extended set of worship and just spend some some deep time in, with the Lord together, worshiping together. It's it's a great experience, um, and so we encourage you to come. You can get online. I believe is there still two of them, Nick six and seven, six and seven thirty. Is that still right? And they need to get. They need to reserve their seats. Yes, okay. online on the website at the events. Yeah, go to um, our page. events page, and you can uh, make sure you reserve your seat. That way, we have plenty of room for everybody. Um, and so, we hope to see you uh, here six o'clock. That was Nick. That was Nick. He runs yeah. the board. He makes morning breath happen. We Nick. just talk. Nick Thompson, Clementston. <laughs> Clementston. <laughs> <laughs> I say your name wrong every time. You know, I just... always correct you too. <laughs> what is it? Clementson. Clementson. What did I say? Clementston. Sorry. And then sometimes <laughs> okay. I say Clementston. Uh, your mom's still my friend though, so yeah. it's not that offensive. <laughs> no, I'm not offended at all. Thank you. But your last name's really not Thompson, but we mm-hmm. like Caitlin, who's now Miss Clementson. Mm-hmm. Clementson. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> She's one of them. 
<laughs> it does look weird when she she texts and it comes up Caitlin Clementson. You're like, Because it's this? like Caroline Clementson, yeah. and it's like, wait, hold on. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So that was Nick. Hi, Nick. <laughs> a short uh, deviation short about bio. the Clementsons. I'm good at that. <laughs> <laughs> marriage right, night is at, coming up. Oh, marriage night. See, great. Yep. Great segue. May 7th. May 7th. Uh, also, get on our website. Let us know you're coming to that. May 7th is marriage night. Uh, we're just going to have a great time celebrating marriage, uh, looking, you know, having fun with it. Also, getting some good marriage advice and just, you know, hearing from people who've been doing marriage for a while and, and getting some help that way and really just enjoying it. It's going to be a time of fun and encouragement. Um, it's not going to be a time of running anybody down, telling you you're a lousy wife or a lousy husband. It's going to be a time of just being uh, celebrating marriage and encouraging you on how to do it well. And Nick and Caitlin are going to be there. Yeah. Celebrating their newlywed marriage. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I had to bring it all together. You're going to be taking copious notes. I had to bring it together. All right. So uh, today we're in Hebrews chapter 12. Still working through the book of Hebrews. Almost through with it. Chapter 12 is a great chapter. It's got 29 verses in it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm reading from the New King James. What are you reading today? Holman Christian Standard. And we have a good break at 13 in my version. So I was going to take the first 13 and let you take it home. All right. Then that's what we'll do. Awesome. I say unto you, read, ma'am. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross and despised the shame and has sat down at the right hand of God's throne. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself so that you won't grow weary and lose heart. In struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your own blood. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or faint when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the ones he loves and punishes every son he receives. Endure suffering as discipline. God is healing with you as sons, is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Furthermore, we had natural fathers discipline us, and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of the spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but he does it for our benefit so that we can share his holiness. No discipline comes enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the fruit of peace and righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but healed instead. Verse 14, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know that afterward, when he wanted to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, though he sought it diligently with tears. It, for you have not come to the mountain that may be touched, and that burned with fire, into blackness and darkest, darkness and tempest, and the sound of a trumpet, and the voice of words, so that those who heard it begged that the words should not be spoken to them any more. For they could not endure what was commanded, and if so much as a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned or shot with an arrow. And so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I am exceedingly afraid and trembling. But you have not, I'm sorry, but you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven, to God, the judge of all, to the spirits of just men made perfect, 
to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better things than that of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they did not escape him who refused... I'm, I'm struggling. For if they did not <laughs> escape who refused him who spoke on earth, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven, whose voice then shook the earth, but now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I shake not only the earth, but also heaven. Now this, yet once more, indicates the removal of those things that are being shaken, as of things that are made, that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace, by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear, for our God is a consuming fire. Amen. Amen. I see you highlighting furiously over there. No, I'm just highlighting little things. Oh, okay. I'm going to highlight the fact that you need glasses. <laughs> <laughs> I just had to keep my finger Old where man. I was going. <sighs> so what are what are some of the things you're highlighting? Um, I highlighted, first of all, I, I highlighted the first word in the chapter, therefore, um, because we all know that yeah. when you mm-hmm. see a therefore, you need to ask why, what is it there for? Um, and if you look at the last couple verses of, 11, all these were approved, all of the people in faith, Moses, Abraham, Gideon, David, Samuel, the prophets. Yeah. Um, all of these were approved through their faith, but they did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, so that we're better, keep that in mind, so that they would not be made perfect without us. Therefore, since we have this great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance. So keeping our eyes, those those guys had to keep their eyes on Jesus. Yeah. They had to keep their eyes on on faith, on God. Um, and obviously those Old Testament heroes that we know of, and as I heard someone say yesterday, sheroes, mm-hmm. um, the heroes and the sheroes, I think that's a new word, um, they had to keep their eyes on God. They had to keep their eyes on the promise. And yeah. we all know if you've read your Bible and if you've read the Old Testament stories, I think of Abraham and his promise of being the father of generations, but his wife was barren. We saw we saw Abraham take that into his own hands. Him and his wife, Sarah, decided, let's take this into our own hands and let's take care of this. And we got Ishmael. And we have the nation that was divided at that point because there was still a promise and his name was Isaac. And we see what happens when we try to take things into our own hands, when we get our eyes off of Jesus, when we get our eyes off of the promise keeper. And so I just saw that and I thought, so it's encouraging us. These people went through it too. And they didn't necessarily get to see all their promises. I know I, Abraham did get to see his promise more so than Moses. or, um, But just the idea that he didn't think he was going to. Yeah. And I, I think I like the idea that of, of Abraham getting to see some of that promise because God does is faithful. And a lot yeah. of us do get to see our promise, but years go by between those, you know, between the time we, we receive the promise and the time we actually re- receive the right. promise. And walk in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and well, and it goes along with what you were saying when you, and it says up here in verse 40, God having provided something better for us. It doesn't mean that, that we're better. It means that he provided something better, which was described as the new covenant, which is better. Yes. Right, it says it's a better covenant based on better promises, and so he provided that 
and held it for us. Why? So that they would not be made perfect apart from us, so that he could perfect us together. Yes. Right? So that we through would... Through Jesus. Through, exactly. Yes. Through through his son. That was the purpose of it. Yeah. And so this kind of goes into what he's talking about when he talks about discipline and chastening and mm-hmm. all those things. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's context to all this. Sometimes people take this out of context and they say, well, I'm sick. God's disciplining me. That's not, that's not what's going on. Um, discipline and correction is is being compared to there's two things first of all the word of god is is what's created for for correction and reproof yes right that's that's from second timothy, second timothy 3:16. all right but you also see what he's like you said what's the therefore for it's there because he's he's painting the picture that these old testament uh saints went through all this persecution and never received the promise and now it's pretty well alluded to that maybe the, the people that this author is writing to are, have been dealing with some persecution. And he's saying, look, stand, stand firm, walk through this thing. It's, it's toughening you up, and it's equipping you to be able to, to run this race. Um, so, so, you know, don't try to shirk away from it. Walk it out knowing that the promise has been made to you, that you are the recipients of a better covenant. And he's, I think he's also using this word that he's giving them through this letter— to remind them that it's about grace and not the law, and to and to keep from going backwards. And I think there's a there's a reason that I that I point to that is he says in verse fifteen, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God. Don't fall short of the grace of God by going back to the law. Don't fall short of the grace of God by choosing religion, by choosing to to pursue self righteousness, by choosing to try to to get yourself right with God by keeping you know, a bunch of rules and, and then comparing yourself to other people. Don't fall short of the grace is the unmerited favor of God that's given to us through the finished work of Jesus. Don't fall short of that by going backwards into religion. And that's what these guys had to deal with because they were Hebrews. They were coming out of a very religious system and they were tempted to go back to it. And he was saying, look, don't go backwards. Grace is the key forward. Grace is the way forward. This is the new covenant, and this is what Jesus is the mediator of. So don't go backwards, and that correction that he's talking about is designed to help them stay on the on the path of grace. Well, and you mentioned 2 Timothy 3.16. All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting. And then I love this part, for training in righteousness. And yeah. I, I kind of alluded to this earlier when we were just opening the show. God just kind of plopped that in my spirit yesterday. Um, we are the righteousness righteousness of God through Christ Jesus. If the scripture is inspired by God to train us in righteousness, I believe that is so we can see, like I said, so we can see what righteousness looks like. Mm. And if we never crack open our Bible, we aren't receiving correction. We're not receiving rebuke. We're not receiving right, training in righteousness. You can't know what it looks like. There's some, the law is written on our hearts. Yes. So we should know you don't murder people. You don't, when, when someone goes to sleep with their neighbor's wife or husband, they, you know, that's wrong. Right. Your, your clothes don't just fall off. Yeah. And like, oh, crud, our bodies were slammed together. <laughs> like, no, you did that. I don't Yourself. know if Nick's old enough to hear this conversation. <laughs> Nick's married now. Okay, that's true. Nick can hear about that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, we are safe for the little ears in the back seat too. <laughs> yeah, that goes to Z88. Yeah, anyway. Um, but that we have those laws on our heart. So there are things you know are are and are not righteous things. Yeah. But it goes so much deeper and further than that. And so talking about correction, the word is given as correction. And a lot of times you'll read the Bible and one thing you have to be so careful of is if you don't know what the word says righteousness looks like, 
or you don't know what the word says correction and conviction look like, you may receive things from people trying to rebuke, correct, condemn. Sure. And you don't even know it's not from God yeah. because you're like, oh, I'm such a shameful person. Um, the the verse about um, he, he uh, keeping your eyes on Jesus. Oh, yeah. no, that's the that, wrong one. Okay. Just talking about how, for, as for the joy set before him, oh, yes, here it is. He endured the cross and despised the shame. Um, Jesus despised the shame for you. Mm. Or he he took on your shame for you. Yeah. He did not. He did not. He endured. And so he took on that shame so that we wouldn't have to. Yeah. If you don't know that, you are going to receive shame, being shamed by people who don't deserve that role in your life. Yeah. Because so Jesus took it for you. Correction shouldn't be, what are you doing? You should be ashamed of yourself. Right. That should never be the thing. No. But correction can be, hey, what are you doing? Right. You're called to something higher. And it's not going to be enjoyable at the time. Yeah. It'll be painful. There has to and there has to <laughs> you, and, and if you don't receive it, like it just it's talking about here. If you don't receive that, then you're not a child of God. You have to be mm-hmm. able to receive that correction. Um it's it and people do make the mistake. That's why Paul had to say, you know, do we just do we just sin that grace may abound? If 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 grace abounds more where sin abounds, grace abounds much more, then let's just keep on sinning. And he, he, he writes in Romans, as some say. You know, and he said, no, of course we don't do that. We choose to pursue holiness, and that's what this writer is also bringing out. Yeah. We choose to pursue holiness, but like you're saying, we have to go to the Word of God and understand what holiness looks like and not make excuses, because what we feel goes against the Word of God, but we feel it strongly, so it must be okay. No, the, the Word of God is is the firm foundation, the Spirit of God that's leading you and guiding you in your walk is never going to violate the Word of God. The Spirit of God is never going to tell you that it's okay to do something that the law of God says you should not do. Well, in verse 15, make sure that no one falls short of this grace of God. So I tied those two verses in 15 and 11. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields fruit of peace and righteousness to those who have been trained by it. So it hurts in the moment. I think of um, my friend Bev. She was just a friend of me, but she was like on me like white on rice for a while about not having a gracious way about me. And I don't naturally bend towards being real gracious. I'm black and white. Why the heck are you doing that? Um, That's wrong. You should make it right. That's my personality. And so she was on me about that kind of stuff, though, when it came to ministering to people because she just can't approach people that way. And so it hurt, though. And there were times, and now we can laugh about it, when she'll say something to me like kind of in a correcting mode. And she's 20 years older than me. So she's like a mom in the faith. Mm -hmm. She will try to, you know, she'll she'll correct me, not try. I I allow it now. Yeah. But at first it hurt. And I was hurt and frustrated all the time because I just felt like, why is this lady on my case all the time? And now we can laugh. And when she says so, I'm like, oh, shut up. Shut up, Bev. You know, and she knows I'm being silly because I'm actually receiving it, but it's painful. So sure. my reaction is to just be like, don't even say it Yeah. Um, because it hurts. But then verse 15, make sure that no one short, falls short of this grace and that no root of bitterness springs up. If you are not willing to receive correction from the word and from people who love the word, it's very possible a root of bitterness can spring up if you are not allowing yourself to walk in that grace to receive. And I maybe I'm you're looking at it like I might be reading something into that that doesn't isn't right. No, but I, I think it makes that's sense. what the Holy Spirit said to me. That's how bitterness can pop up if you are not willing to receive correction. I think that's good. 
And so it yeah. defiles many because yep. if you're not willing to take correction, you have probably have a hard heart. Well, that's within the context of what he's talking yeah. about. And it's in, is, this is interesting. We talked about grace and just to quickly define, you know, we said that grace is unmerited favor so that you don't get it by working for it. And so what does this have to do with Esau? So it says, lest there be any fornicator or profane person like Esau, who for one morsel of food sold his birthright. For you know, afterward, he wanted to inherit the blessing. He was rejected and found no place for, for anyone to change that. That's what the repentance means, that it couldn't be changed. So Esau was the one who, you know, his brother Jacob pretended to be Esau. He was the second born. Esau was the first born. He had the right to the full blessing and inheritance of everything that his father had. Um, and uh, Jacob went in and pretended to be Esau and stole the blessing from his, from, his, uh, from his father when his father was blind. So Esau sold his birthright to his brother, and then went also in and, and, and stole the blessing. What does that mean? Esau, it says he despised his birthright. He sold his birthright to his brother for a bowl of soup, mm-hmm. right? Okay, and then after that is when he also lost the blessing because his father was blind, and Jacob pretended to be Esau. What does all this mean? Um, <laughs> Tell e- us, please. Well, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting there, but I had, <laughs> some people may not know what, what who Esau right. is, okay? So, so Esau had something that was his that he didn't have to do anything to earn. He, it was his by birth. The full inheritance of his father's kingdom was his by birth, and he sold it away. He despised it. Then he tried to earn it back, and he couldn't. You cannot earn the grace of God. You cannot earn the favor of God, and you cannot earn the righteousness that you were talking about, Angela, of God. You cannot earn those things by working for them. And that's what religion tells you is that you can earn it by working for it, and so you strive and work trying to get there. Esau was considered a profane person by the author of Hebrews because he he despised what was given to him freely and then tried to earn it back later, and he couldn't. Trying to earn the grace of God is that's falling away from grace. Even though you try hard and you work hard and you want to be able to earn this thing, favor comes by as a gift alone. And guess what? It's our birthright when we are reborn into Christ Jesus. The Bible says, you know, it says you must be born again. We are born again when we receive Christ Jesus. We are made a new creation. And now the grace, the unmerited favor of God and the blessings of his kingdom are our birthright. And we despise that when we reject the free gift and we go back to trying to earn it. Wow, yeah. I mean, if you look at verse 28, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, what does it say? Let us hold on to that grace. Yes, and how do you serve God? You know, we need to be reverent. We need to serve God with reverence. I hear that sometimes from, Mm -hmm. from people. How do you do that? By grace. It says, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably. You can't serve God acceptably if you haven't received the grace that he gives you because you don't know how. You can't be thankful for something that you know you must receive. If you feel like you have to earn it, you know, if wages, it says in Romans, if, it, if it's earned, wages are a debt. Otherwise, but it's a gift. And so if it's a gift, it's through the gift of grace, through the gift of his unmerited favor, that we are able to serve God acceptably. You're not going to serve God acceptably through your own efforts to obtain righteousness. And that's a lot of times what we're trying to do. We're trying to get, get a badge for serving God acceptably through our own efforts. It can only be done through grace. We'll be right back. You are listening to the Morning Breath Podcast from East Coast Christian Center. We will be back shortly after we thank our sponsors. At East Coast Christian Center, we are building a life-giving church that lasts. We are one church in many locations with campuses in Merritt Island, Vieira, 
Coco and an online campus that you can attend from anywhere. Here at East Coast, we value each generation and work hard to ensure that no matter what age or stage of life you're in, there's a place for you in our family. You weren't meant to do life alone, so come and find your church home with us. You can plan your visit or get more information online at eccc.us. Barfield Contracting and Associates is a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. They are located in Cocoa Village, but service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. They also offer military and senior discounts and free estimates and appreciate every opportunity they are given. 321-454-4531. That's 321-454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. Mark your calendars for Overlook Ministries' first concert fundraiser on April 30th. The event starts at 6 p.m. with food trucks, tours of their residential treatment house, and a concert that starts at 7, led by East Coast Christian Center's worship pastor, Chris Johnson. Come be a part of saving men's lives and restoring families. Mothers want their sons back, wives are missing their husbands, and children want their daddies home. Find more information and location of the event through Facebook by searching Overlook Ministries or you can go to www.overlookministries.com. Are you a young adult between the ages of 18 and 29 seeking community and an opportunity to press into the Word of God on a deeper level? Join us at Mezzanine Sunday nights at 7. Experience powerful and impacting messages alongside like-minded individuals that are passionate about pursuing the heart of God. Download the Mezzanine Church app or visit mezzanine.church to get plugged in. Hi, I'm Scott Langston. I'm a broker associate who has specialized in commercial real estate for the past 27 years. I sell real estate for Remax Elite. I give free broker price opinions to anyone selling real estate. If you are looking to buy or lease real estate, I will represent you at no cost to you. My phone number is 321-403-1111. My website is scottlangston.com. Go out and make it a great day. Pineapple Garden, assisted living facility located in Rockledge. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved ones are safe and secure. Find them online at pineapplegarden.com. For over 30 years, CB Plumbing has been a family-owned and operated business that is dedicated and proud to serve the Brevard County community. CB Plumbing offers both drain and sewer line cleaning for commercial and residential. CB Plumbing for all your plumbing needs. 321-783-6000. That's 321-783-6000. Customer satisfaction is their guarantee. Welcome back to the Morning Breath Podcast. Lean in as the pastors finish the show with their final thoughts. Yeah, I want to just look at uh, for a minute here at this picture that's painted of the two mountains very quickly. It starts in verse 18 and runs down uh, through verse 24. Um, I don't have time to read all of it, but there's a picture of two mountains, and one is Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai is where the law was given. Uh, that's where the old covenant, the Mosaic covenant that he's been talking about in this book, in this in this book of Hebrews, um, was given. That was the law. That was the the burden of having to try to prove yourself righteous and earn it and keep all these rules and regulations. That was, and so he's painting the picture of how that was given. And then he contrasts that with where we are now in the new covenant. 
where we are now in the new, and, and there's something very important to notice here. It tells us what was at Mount Zion. It was, I'm sorry, what was at Mount Sinai? There was fear. There was, uh, you know, words that were spoken that caused fear and trembling. There was the threat of death if you even touched the mountain when God came down on it. And he's saying, look, you, you have not, new, new covenant believer, person with faith in Jesus, you have not come to that mountain. You have come to Mount Zion. Who is at Mount Zion? It's the city of the living God. There's an innumerable company of angels. There's the all the saints that are registered in heaven. There's God, the judge of all. There's the spirits of just men made perfect. And I want to spend just a second on that. The spirits of just men made perfect, not who earned perfection, not who deserved perfection. They were made perfect. Why? Because Jesus is there. He is the mediator he of is, a new covenant. He is the mediator of a new covenant, and his blood is better. His blood does not count for for judgment. It counts for righteousness as a free gift. So just go where Jesus is. He's not in the law. He's in grace. Amen. Love you guys. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the Morning Breath podcast. If you did, we would love for you to give it a thumbs up and share it with a friend. To follow along with our daily chapter list and for quick access to East Coast podcasts, events, and more, download the East Coast app. It's the best way to stay connected with everything East Coast. We would also love for you to join our online community. Just search for East Coast Christian Center on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks again for listening to the Morning Breath Podcast.